Heavy Metal Culture Clash with Geoff Thorpe from Vicious Rumors and Thomas Metal Moser from Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. So the beer's here, Jeff is here, I'm here. That means we're ready for another edition of the Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Oh, yeah. it's happening again. Jeff Thorpe here on my side, band leader, mastermind, guitarist of Vicious Rumors fame, and uh, me, myself and I, Thomas Metal Moser, guy that nobody knows outside of, and not even inside of, <laughs> like nobody. It's okay, it's okay. I'm German. Jeff's obviously American, and uh, yeah, we're here to travel through the big, wide universe of uh, hard music, generally. I wish we could say metal, because it's a heavy metal culture clash, but sometimes, you know, you need to go deeper and further and beyond metal in order to reach metal. And and even before metal to reach metal. So Yes, exactly, exactly. Before, before, but that's more your uh, expertise, right? Because (laughs) (laughs) it's not that I'm young, you know, I wouldn't say that, but, you know. I walked right into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Great to be here again, Metal Moser. uh... So we we got, you know, we got stuff to talk about. We got stuff to talk about because what we haven't touched upon is uh, basically uh, a list of a chart, uh, uh, our personal favorites. And uh, I would start off with, uh, with something that is unanswerable. You know, it's like, what are your top three heavy metal records of all time? And that, and that's the nail on the head right there. It's unanswerable. <laughs> How can you give it pick a try? Just give three? it a try because it's. I'm, I'm really curious. What are you going to pick? Well. Okay, let's just put it this way. If yeah. You're, if, if you're stranded on an island. Yes. And all, and all you have is hell bent for leather, heaven and hell. Yeah. And number of the beast. You're going to be okay. Yes. Yes. You can survive on that. You, know, you can survive yeah. on that. But are those the ones where you go like, ah, that's my, that's what touched my heart the most. Besides, yeah. besides your own records. Well, I mean, obviously your own records are your, your babies, your, you know, your children, but, that's, uh, that's true. I mean, you know, it's just, it's funny because when you think of those classics, um, do you, you know, do you try, try to rack your brain to like dig deeper? And of course there are some, some jewels yeah. that, that aren't as well known. Yeah. But just those classics to me, like they just never, they never, grow old they're never they always sound great and they just you win every time but uh you know like something like that you know screaming for vengeance number of the beast uh mob rules or masters of reality yes we're supposed to just do three right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I said as i said before we we talked about the, the the whole show i said like Jeff, I'm going to have 50 top three heavy metal records. What am I going to do? He goes like, I don't know, dude, because it's, for me, it's the same. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I remember when, when the number of the beast came out, I was 12 and I had it right away I, for, for some reason or the other. I don't know. And when I heard 22 Acacia Avenue first time, I was like, dude, man, it's just, it was like a whole new way of, experiencing things i was like oh my god i was blown away yeah no i know what you mean man and i mean and i was 46 when that came out so and, and i had a, <laughs> which is not true ladies and gentlemen which is not true he was 44 <laughs> <laughs> but i had a similar experience i mean yeah. uh just when i heard bruce that first time you know like i was really into iron maiden with paul diana yes i loved yes. it 
I loved it. And I thought, like, you know, where are they going to go from here? And then Number of the Beast came out, and it was just like the stars aligned and everything's still, you know, it's still Maiden, and it was just another level. And I'm pretty, I I would still say pretty much that the first two Maiden records. And Bruce Dickinson would never, never agree to that. I know that's because I talked to him about that. Uh, That they have some sort of punk vibe to them Mm -hmm. because of Paul Diano, because of everything that happened then, the times were, you know, different. And then with Bruce, the the real metal thing came in. Although, you know, um, um, Killers, the second record, it was already... It was pure metal, but still it had that feel, that street feeling, that underground feeling. And the number of the beast lost that. I think it wasn't underground anymore. That's true. That's true. And, you know, and I guess for me, like I've always like, I, I kind of like just envision this like arena thing. Like I've, I love the underground. I love the club thing. You know, I was there in San Francisco when punk was, you know, blowing up in the early metal scene. But um, yeah, there's something about, I, I love the underground sound of bands, but there's something about when they find that polished, yeah. when they get to that polished point yeah. of perfection. Like, I don't know if I just relate to it because I know how much work goes into it to get there. Yeah. Um, just to become a better songwriter, become a better producer. Um, but, you know, when I say better, that's really relative to people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe more experienced is is the word. But what use. would you say then? What would you say then? with Maiden? It's pretty clear, you know, where this where the gap is, where, where they did the big, you know, crossover thing into into fame and fortune. Mm. What about Metallica? Because I would say it's Ride the Lightning that actually, you know, defined them, and not Master of Puppets, because that was already like a copy of Ride the Lightning, wasn't it? Well, um, you know. You're you're a very passionate Metallica fan from back in those days. I, yeah. I know that. I know that you know you know you know their music. You know you know where they came from in each yeah. album. You know they're they're just a phenomenon. For me, I thought kind of Justice for All was the first big change. Really? Yeah. I mean, just because the sound was so different on the okay. record. Okay. You know what I mean? This, it was a different kind of a sound. Uh, and then, of course, the Black album. Uh, we briefly touched on that before. Like to me, that that's when um, they just became this like juggernaut band. You know? Yeah, yeah. Al- although, although I love those early. I see that. I see that change. You know, I yeah. see that from from Injustice for All to the Black Record. That's a huge. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's uh, obviously. But before that, I thought that between Kill 'Em All and and Ride the Lightning, that was a a huge progression, a it, huge step forward. It in- was. You know, I think it's because also they, you know, they they probably experienced about nine months of hard times. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. it just blew up for them. So that's true. You know, they made that first album when they were but, still struggling. But hang on, hang on, we're traveling already again. We are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> what were the, those? Your 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 top three records that you just mentioned earlier? Are is aren't there? Are there any other records where you go like? This personally, nobody knows it maybe, but this personally touched me more than anything else before. Well, I, I got to say in recent years, um, I really loved The Year the Sun Died from Sanctuary. Like, I just love that record. Like, I've always been a fan of Warl Dane's lyrics mm. and his performance uh, in Nevermore. And, and and his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but, but, you know... Um, 
and nevermore i felt like he he always uh chose the most obscure way to go yeah. and in sanctuary on this particular album i think they just he just locked into a groove of and i just that album really really affected me i love yeah. that i love that album i i'm also really proud to be part of a of a couple classic records one digital dictator yeah. that, that that has touched so many people and uh and and they've touched me did that come out right? Um, <laughs> it came uh, out perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there's so many. God, there's so many great records. Um, you know, I really liked, out of all Rob Halford's solo yeah. stuff, I really loved that first fight record. Oh, okay. Okay. The War there of was, Words? Yeah. I think, believe it Is was. Is that the one? There was the, the guy from Steel Panther played played guitar in there, right? Yeah. Satchel. Yeah, he, I, don't know his, his, I don't know his real name, but, you know. Yeah. He was he was in, in, in this fight group. It's crazy. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. He he had to, he taught in Berkeley this guitar school of music. I think he was a teacher there. Mm -hmm. And so he was in there <laughs> what I did a couple of weeks ago actually, because I stumbled across a DVD or like a it's like a box thing of fight, whatever. You know, I came at home, I just found it. And I looked at it and I saw I saw Satchel, I saw the Steel Panther guys posing there like this really tough, you know, man. Right. So I took a picture and go like Dude, what happened? Where are your balls now? You know, <laughs> and I tweeted it. I never got an answer. <laughs> never, never ever. So, but but I like Satchel. I talked to him. He's he's a cool guy. He's yeah. a nice guy, and uh, he's a clever guy too. I think. Oh, so yeah. he knows his shit inside out, and uh, I'm sure they do. So, you know. Yeah. They, you know. Also, um, <laughs> if you don't know, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite records. Hang on. I was a thrash metal fan, right? That's mm -hmm. why I got, got big in. Even back then, before there was thrash metal, and I listened to Kiss and ACC, I always liked the fast songs. Okay. As a kid. I don't know. So, you know, speed metal and thrash metal had me immediately. Immediately. And then uh, there's one, one record that was really, really controversial discussed here in Germany. And that was the second record from Carnivore, Retaliation. Okay. And it's this hardcore punk outfit with Pete Steele, obviously, as the leader before he did Typo Negative. Okay. He had Carnivore. And uh, in Germany, everybody thought with Retaliation, because they were at songs on there like Jesus Hitler and uh, World War, whatever, uh, and, and uh, what was it? Ground Zero Brooklyn and whatever. Everybody thought that he's a, he's a Nazi. Okay. And it was a very sensitive case here in Germany. Sure. So those critics, are like all those magazines, they were like, no, you know, this is Nazi bullshit. Don't buy it. Blah. It's really bad. And so up till this day, I've never heard anything. I've never heard a record that has more hate on it and more dis despair and angst, right? Yeah. Exactly. Then, then retaliation from Carnivore, and I still love this record. Although USA for USA is a really dumb fuck thing of a song, I still love it when he says at the beginning, "Dos Vidania motherfuckers." I just, I just like it. I mean, maybe I'm that stupid too. Like, I can't <laughs> help it. I'm not a Nazi, just to be to be, to be uh, uh, real, of course, and, and honest. But this record, it it has something where you go like, you know, it, it cannot be, it cannot be more outgoing. And desperate than than what this guy did to express his feelings. And and when you think about talk about a transition, like look at that record. Yeah. And then what he did on say something like October Rust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is I think, Bloody Kisses. Yeah. Gothic pop. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I love Typo Negative. I, I think they just really did something really unique. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go back and rediscover that because it's been a while since. Uh, it is. It is just down that raw, not really well mm-hmm. produced, but just in your face. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got nothing to do with all those other, you know, New York hardcore bands like Agnostic Front or something. That was that was different. That was different. That was that's one of my favorite records. I still put that on sometimes. Fantastic. Yeah, and I go like. You know, uh, I'm gonna cut myself open right now. No, I just, <laughs> just listen to the record. Don't cut myself open. It's okay. You know, comes um, with three razor blades. That's what I liked about it. <laughs> That's a special Christmas edition. Yeah, the Christmas part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? Just, just uh, wandering off. You know what I got? I have some stuff signed just now from Michael Schenker. Oh man. And he, I met, I met him before. I didn't go to the interview this time. Uh, I, I sent a colleague because I didn't have any time to go there. When Michael talks. He's no bullshit, no censoring, no nothing. He talks about the scorpions. And it's brutal. He slashes them. Oh, man. And it's so funny. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't hold back at all. Wow. It's, it's not that he's angry at them or whatever, but he goes like, I invented the scorpions. What? No, Rudy is not. No, he, he cannot play the guitar right. <laughs> I, I, I taught him everything. That's what I did. Just so matter of fact, right? Like totally, he would look yeah. into your eyes and go like like this and go like, "No, the scorpions are not good anymore. No, 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 my friend, no, 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 they're not good. For the last twenty years, they were bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. You know, let them make money. I do my stuff. I don't want it. You <laughs> it's know, so good that when he says that, I just love him for this. It's amazing. He, he is such like guitar royalty around the world and like underrated. Still, I mean, here he's in, in Germany. Yeah, underrated. In, I mean, J- I, in Japan, he's worshipped. Oh, that's the way it should oh, be. Oh, man. Totally. The Japanese have always been slightly ahead of the game in, mm. that, in that department. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I got a scorpion story for you. I want to hear that. Okay. I, I, maybe I have half a story, too, but I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> you go first. You go first. Maybe okay, I'll, might... I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. The year is 1982. 82? Uh, that was but, when, uh, what came out? Animal Magnetism? No, 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 no. Blackout. That was Blackout. Yeah. That was Blackout. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so Scorpion is huge in America at that time. Yeah. And, and, you know, s- still huge. But, uh, uh, the on tour, I believe it was, I believe it was Scorpion, Saxon, and Girls School. And so, like, we were, you know, super excited to go see that show, you know, <laughs> coming come to our hometown. And, uh, we, and Vicious Rumors, we were, we, uh, we got some backstage passes. We're super excited. Huge Scorpions fans, all of hang us. Hang on, hang on. I got to ask you something. Yeah. 1982. And there was Vicious Rumors already. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you didn't have a record out until 85, I guess. No, that's true, because um, we were still doing... Uh, I was still forming the band. Man, I was still passing out cards, man, looking for band members. So this is what... <laughs> the, the, the big hype was still going on. Yeah, there was hype. Right. A- absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we, were, we, had, uh, we had done like one single for a radio station. That's like all we'd put out yet. It was like one song on the Love album. Me Do. And, <laughs> and actually, Joe Satriani was on that very same album in a band that he was in at the time called The Squares. Oh, man. And, oh, and, man. You, you dig deep now. Huh? Yeah. We're yeah. digging deep back right. in the Bay Area roots. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're at the concert, right, with the Scorpions. Yeah. And we're, we're, you know, super excited to meet them. And they were very gracious, like super, you know. I mean, obviously, we were, you know, our, our eyes were probably this big, you know what I mean? We're just total fans, you yeah. know, not hiding it, yeah. proud of it, yeah. you know? 
And uh, so, you know, we invited him. I, uh, I thought, you know, what the hell? I'm just going to invite these guys to our show tomorrow night. Like, it's, you know, of course they're not going to go. They're on tour. You know, they're the Scorpions. <laughs> so, but what happens? End of the night, limousine pulls up. Klaus Mine, Rudolf Schenker show up at our gig. Crazy. You know what I mean? I'm like, this isn't happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, unfortunately, the show we had just finished, so we're back. We're back in our dressing room. They yeah. kind of got there kind of late, but they came in, and you know, we're on cloud line, cloud nine and seven, cloud seven in Germany, right? <laughs> yeah, cloud, exactly. Cloud seven and nine, <laughs> and um, man, the Scorps come in, and we're all just so excited to see them. They're here, and I'm like, hey guys, okay, can I get you a beer? Uh, oh yeah, it'd be great, man. You know, so I'm like, I, I, I run out into the club, <laughs> and. The club's empty. Which which city was it? Was it this? This is right in San Francisco. It's right in San Francisco right. at Bill Graham's old nightclub, the Old Waldorf, four 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 Battery Street. That. I heard of it. It's legendary, even here in Germany. Oh man, it was the place to play at yeah. the time. It, you know, even if you were a local band, if you were an opening band, you got a nice dressing room, you got fed, you got treated really well. It was the best venue in the city to play. So it was a, it was a great night. And uh, we were doing actually at that time we were we were doing something that got started there called these Metal Mondays. Yeah, and uh, also Motley Crue was playing at those. All right. and I mean, so it was like the beginning of yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, and anyway, so I'm I'm thinking to myself like, okay, I, I run out. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get the Scorps some beer. I'm all jacked. I run <laughs> I run out to the venue completely dead. Bartenders are gone. The place is empty. The lights are out. Okay, it's game over, folks. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And and I I actually felt like I was having almost like a panic attack. Like you know what I mean? I mean, like, I I can't show up empty-handed for the Scorpions. You know what I mean? So I Klaus and and Rudy, I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to say I'm sorry in advance now. But what what I did was I just couldn't come back empty-handed. So no, no. I went around the tables and I grabbed these half-empty pitchers of beer. I, hey. You know, I, I checked to make sure there was no like cigarette butts in anything or, you know, it looked pretty clear to me. I don't know. I, so I just took some half, some half drunk beers and poured them in these pitchers and I filled up two pitchers of this backwash ass beer. And, and man, and I walked backstage, Hey, with these two pitchers, everybody. Yeah. All right. And we actually took pictures with the scorpions with these beers and if you if you go to our vicious rumors facebook page I, and just scroll down a little bit we just recently we posted the really? picture oh man did, of, you, did you tag rudy and uh, klaus no <laughs> <laughs> and and actually i don't it's not you know it's funny to tell this story it, it feels funny to me to tell the story it's not my most my proudest moment um i well, don't get the trick i mean and when you come over to my house i you know that's not what you're gonna get okay <laughs> it's just that it's just that i was so i'm a huge fan i i, I felt like seriously like i could not walk in the room empty-handed <laughs> So I totally understand that, but man, <laughs> I appreciate that, Thomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scorpions. Funny thing is, uh, we, here in Germany, we we sometimes discuss like who's bigger now. Is it still the Scorpions or is it Rammstein? You know, worldwide because you know Rammstein. Although they sing German, they fill up all places wherever they go. It's sold out, and you know, selling out the Madison Square Garden for a German band still it doesn't matter if they sing English or German yeah it's still amazing no it uh, is you go like oh, 
And, the, and and they're selling out the Madison Square Gardens in every city they play. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean. So, yeah. but you know, for for us, the older generation, I think would like to think that the Scorpions are still ahead of the game somehow. Although Rammstein have been in there for twenty years too, which is yeah. strange but true. So this is how the times, you know, change and the the, the bands. I don't know. You know, for years for me it was like Scorpions. Yeah. Um, except, except yeah. right under that, yeah. and then, I, and then I'd have to go like. Almost a a tie like between yeah. destruction and creator. Ah, yeah, a German thrash metal. Yeah, you know, but just very very ori- original. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Kind of under that, uh, and those were like my my big German bands. You know, um, yeah, that's true. And of course, but um, I I really actually grew grew the appreciation at first. I, I wasn't I wasn't really feeling Ramstein at first. Yeah, but, but then when I started really listening to like the sound of those records, like the God, the sound of those guitars and those albums are just fantastic. And the you know what? It's it's for me. It's not the sound, and it's not it's not even the image. I'm I'm so proud of them because they they write really really good songs for sure. And really really good riffs. I mean, Richard Kruspe, this 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 guy, this guitarist, and I, I talked to him. It's like it just comes out naturally. I mean, those riffs are killer. Oh yeah. I, I, I go like, is this a German? Like, is this is really a German band. I could hardly believe it, you know. Yeah, it's like because they were so good. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic live too. I mean, their show is just top notch. Yeah, yeah. This is this is how you know. I would never listen. I probably would never listen to a Rammstein record in its entirety mm-hmm. because sometimes I just you know get tired of it. Just like a Volbeat record, the songs are all brilliant by them by themselves. But listening to it as a whole. I'm not. I'm not there yet. So, but uh, I need. To, I need to switch. But you know, going to a Rammstein concert is something else. Obviously, is, is Volby? Are they? They're Dutch, right? They're Danish. Oh, Danish. Danish. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like those bread rolls. Uh, yeah. You know the 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 Elvis Metallica mix um, of Volby. It's interesting. You know, I you got to take. I just respect anybody that can do something. Yeah that can bridge something that hasn't really been done and be that successful with it. Even if I'm not really crazy about, you know, what they do, I just respect like the fact that they were able to go this far and yeah. like, do what they've done. And with still, it. still, you know, you gotta you love them or hate them. You cannot criticize the songwriting. The songwriting is really excellent. I yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know how they do it. it beats me. I have no mm-hmm. idea, but it's, it's good. I'd um, like to, I'd like to beat them in the neck with a big creator stick. <laughs> But I still respect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have as many followers as haters. It's just with all those big bands. Look at Nickelback. Mm. You know, they have so Mm -hmm. many people bitching about Nickelback. But then again, you know, whenever they're on tour, they play the arenas and they do everything right. And you're doomed as a radio station. You're doomed to play all those songs. You know, you know what I don't get about them is like everybody I talk to or or would you know that I would talk with Nickelback would come up. And like, oh, and, oh man, I can't stand. It. Well, who bought all those twenty million records? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody's not telling the truth around here. Okay, somebody has those records. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's true, actually. It's, uh, but that's how you how you measure the success of a band. It's not of their the people that that like them, but the people that hate them. Yes, the, the bigger you are, the more people hate you. That's true. That so is so true. Metallica is still the biggest band in the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that didn't work for me though, because I feel a lot of hatred. Um, 
No, you're loved by everybody. You know that. Well, I'll tell you, man. I, I really, I feel like one of the luckiest guys in the world because I've been able to do this my whole life, and uh, we've sort of like sailed through the underground, pop our head up at a few high-profile yeah. events, and been able to make records about you know i've been very blessed to have a record contract most of my life and i'm very happy to be working with spv here in germany and uh yeah man you know um i i tell my american friends all the time like yeah if you guys whatever you guys do go to go to germany get over to europe and and go and experience Go to two or three of these festivals yeah. in the summer yeah. and just check out lineups that you won't see in the U.S., yeah. groups of large people that like each other <laughs> that you won't see in the U.S., um, giant crowds of people that will not hurt, rob, and rape each other that you won't see in the U.S., um, but other than that, I'm all about America. I'm, I'm pro-American all the way. But 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 seriously, what, what happens over here at these festivals um, – has has really got to be seen and with your own eyes and felt to be believed, and uh, doing it now, you know, thirty plus years. Yeah, you've been to all those festivals here in Europe. I mean, you have been to more festivals in Europe than I have. Well, and I'm European. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, but because uh, <laughs> you're the man around here. No, uh, no. But uh, but you know, no, I you know, and and the thing with me is that uh, I also you know I'm a fan. I mean, I'm a fan first. Yeah, and, and and that's one of the reasons that I still enjoy it all these years. Yeah, yeah. You know, last summer I was over here going to festivals. I went to eight festivals. I know you did e every weekend. I envied you all the time because I had to work. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm off to here. I'm off to Spain. I'm off to somewhere. Yeah, I drove around on a rental car and just I went to these festivals and I, I was kind of on a little promo tour for Concussion Protocol, which was coming out in August. Uh, in stores now available uh, <laughs> and viciousrumors.com. Uh, uh, um, we'll give you that. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> That's but, what we're here for. But uh, it, it was phenomenal, man. You know, like just going to the festivals, uh, hanging with people, meeting uh, meeting the fans, and, and just being parts uh, and just experiencing uh, the organization that uh, that takes place in these giant festivals. They run so smoothly. There's so much fun. People are sharing and gracious. And like the, the metal community is a very, it, you know, it seems like a very small world to me because it's, it's just such a small, special thing, even though it's worldwide. Yeah. But, uh, man, good times to be had. <laughs> and, uh, I'm looking forward to this summer. Yeah. I, I don't know where to take the energy from because I'm, I like to go to certain festivals, yeah. but I couldn't do them all. I mean, I just don't have the energy anymore, and uh, I don't know if I'm if I'm too old for this because you know you prove everybody wrong, and uh, it's not that, that I mean that you're like really really old. Yes, you, you do. No. <laughs> that didn't come out right. Yeah, okay. I, I, I figured that. I figured that. But but on the other hand, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'm just at this point of age where you go like, oh mm. man. I can't stand the young ones anymore. You know, they're partying all night. They're having loud music. I just want to go back to bed and sleep after, like, I saw, you oh, know, me whatever. Too. I was yelling at everybody about. like a grouchy old man. It was pathetic. Um, but but you know what I mean? But it's so, so those festivals, I mean, they are for the young people. They're, the metal festivals, there are some that are for the elder uh, over here. Like the Bang Your Head Festival is really, you know, 
that's my my type of festivals. Me too. Done at eleven, go home. You know, have one a of my all time favorites. And you know, like the I really admire the people that don't care if it rains. Like, the, yeah. I, I love. I just look at them. They're happy. They're muddy. They're filthy. They're happy. Yeah. While you're um, under the umbrella or at the bar. Yeah. yeah me too. Me too. I, I'm, I'm running for cover. I love the festivals if the weather's good. So I'm not, I, I got to say there's, people are so much more hardcore than me. And you got, you got, you got two seconds. Okay. What was the best show you've ever seen? Best show I've ever seen. One second. I'm going to go with. Two seconds. Oh. Now. God. Come on. Now. Oh. Go. Now. Oh man. Yeah. Come okay. on. Okay. I'm going with. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> go, 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 go. This is so hard, man. This is Wait, so what's hard. What's the best heavy metal show you've ever seen apart from yourself? Ooh, I'm going to go. With Your phone is ringing. Jesus. <laughs> Someone throw this thing out. No, the window, mom. Not now, mom. Yeah. I'm, in, in the, I'm in the middle of something, yeah. mom. Yeah, spaghetti's fine, mom. Look, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm doing this thing with Thomas Moser. I told you, please. Okay, yeah. I'll, I promise I'll take out the trash when I get home. Bye. Okay. Um, Classic. <laughs> I saw Black Sabbath back then when at, at, at Oakland Auditorium on the Dehumanizer tour. All with, right. With Ronnie James Dio. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Must be 92 or something. And they came out and I've never seen Sabbath play that hard and that aggressive. And I, and I was like, what is, what's up with them tonight? And then I found out later that they had had the hugest blowout and Dio had quit the band. <laughs> and, and that night. Yeah. And it was the last show that, that Dio had quit the band. But they came out and they had this fire and, and we were on fire. But we loved it so much. But we didn't know that Dio had quit the band. Yeah. All, all we knew is they were playing in Los Angeles the next day yeah. with Sepultura, Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy, Black Sabbath and Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath reunion at the end of it. You're crazy. So we were just like, we're going to see Dio and Ozzy at the same show. We're like, <laughs> yeah. and so, so like, we're so excited. Uh, and then we, we drive down, we get there. Sepatura opens the show. Great set. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne comes out, does the Ozzy solo thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Black Sabbath comes out and we're like, okay. Ready and now now we're gonna see Dio. This is gonna be this is gonna be so crazy. And then the original Black Sabbath with Ozzy was gonna be last, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, that's when we found out Dio had quit the band and Rob Halford walked out. Oh, on stage. you're crazy. I remember that. I read about that. Rob Halford walked Man. walked out and we were just we had just seen Dio in the band twelve hours earlier <laughs> in Oakland. And we drove to LA and Rob Halford comes out in the band in in the next day. So, whether uh, you know when you ask like what was the best metal show, like that one really just hit me because <laughs> you know it was so many surprises. Yeah, I understand it. You know uh, what I mean? I totally and understand it, it. And it was such a special show. And then, of course, being from the Bay Area and driving to L.A. to see it, then you go back to the Bay Area with so much street cred. Because you just went there, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, you got like you know. I missed back in in 1986. Uh, I missed Metallica on their regular Master of Puppets tour. I only saw them in 1987 in a festival, the, the Monsters of Rock uh, in Nuremberg, mm. where uh, Deep Purple were headlining, and then there was uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio and uh, Solo, obviously, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, Metallica oh. were on there. And uh, you you felt the generation gap, you know, 
between those fans. Okay. When Metallica were about to hit the stage, you cannot believe what happened there. There was there was orgasmic. Yeah. I mean, there were 70,000 people. And obviously, you had a good deal of, of those old people, like, you know, being there for just the Purple or Ron James D and whatever. And then you had at least half of the audience there being under under 25, just waiting, waiting for Metallica the whole day. And then at four o'clock in the afternoon, they come out and they're killing it. Yeah. And it was one that said, I think it was one of the first, actually, I th- actually, sorry. I think this this festival happened before the tour that they did in, when they were when they, when they did the regular Master of Puppets tour here in Munich. Mm-hmm. So they came later in '87, and and that was one of the first gigs with Jason Newstead back then, uh, playing this festival. And uh, I, I think I've never seen so much excitement on one place ever again, where all those people shouted exactly every word that James was singing, like everything, and and if you didn't. You you weren't a part of it, you know, in a part of the magic. It was a, it, and everybody knew everything. It was just, it was just powerful. It was, it was, uh, it was unbelievable back then. I've, I think I've never seen anything like that before. You know, one of the things that Metallica really blew me away also is like, you know, it's it's one thing when uh, the audience, everybody's singing the lyrics, right? Yeah. But you know, you've really touched people when not only are they singing all the lyrics to the song when when you get to the guitar solo and master of puppets and people are singing the guitar solo <laughs> i mean and, and i that i've seen that t- like just as soon as recently as a few years ago yeah. where you know they're playing in front of 60,000 people and and everybody's humming singing along <laughs> to the guitar solo and i'm think i'm looking at kurt so so damn proud of him <laughs> Yeah. Like how many guitar players come out and do a solo? Yeah. I don't. I don't think that happens for Slash. You know what I mean? I don't think people are singing the Welcome to the Jungle solo. Nah, you uh, know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's is just a mind blower. Like when you when you connect with people on that level, yeah. and and they certainly yeah. have done it. What's the best non heavy metal show you've seen? Because for for me, it's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It just. I think it was four or five years ago. I went finally and eventually. I went to see uh, the Wall. With oh. Roger Waters. And I was in there, and i tell you something. If I had seen the original show in the 80s, and I think it was pretty much the original show back back then now that he resurrected, mm-hmm. I think I would be dead by drugs now. Because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't take it in. I, wouldn't, I, I would have not been able to take this whole thing in. It, it was overwhelming. Yeah. You, I would have. You look at this. Well, you look at the movies. You look at the scene up. And, and, and you go like, oh, my, my God. It cannot get any any more intense than this, you know. It's it's impossible. It's I'm, amazing. I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't seen him do that yet, and I've yeah. seen I've seen Pink Floyd a couple of times yeah. with, without Roger Waters. I love their music is so emotional, so powerful. So I I really I'm if I get the chance to see him this oh, year, yeah. I know he's coming around yes, again. Yes, yes, I'm definitely going to go because yeah. I'm right with you on that. Um, it was just. I think I think for me for like the best non metal but still heavy yeah. music, um, your mom again. I I got us. <laughs> <laughs> the pasta's ready. Yeah, is, is that Jesus? Are you? Okay, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, um, mom, look, <laughs> I'm, I don't know how to look. Could you please just understand that I'm live on? I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm in Germany. 
okay? <laughs> I, I promise I'll fix the fence. Yeah, I, said I, I said I'd do it, I will, okay? And, okay, please don't put bleach in my black clothes. All right. I love you, Mom. Sorry, man. Um, so, so, um, but, That's as black metal as it can be. You know? <laughs> uh, Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm yeah, not too, yeah. I'm not too shy to say I love my mom. Yet. Yes, no. Okay, no, everybody um, is. But uh, and and she passed away in 2009, so oh. I have to take her phone calls yes. when I get them. Yes, it's that's, pretty rare. You better, you better. Um, but uh, non-metal, yeah, heaviest show, yeah, one that stuck with me that made that I was completely not expecting, yeah. Uh, even though major respect, I went to a Nine Inch Nails yeah. show. Yeah, one of big my favorites, non-metal, and, yeah. and uh, they. When was Man, it? Where they had Bauhaus opening for them? Man, you gotta be joking! Yeah, and and they it was the first time Dear I'd seen Lord. them too. I'm trying to think that this is a while ago. Yeah, it must have been, but I don't know. Like I can't think of what 97, year it was. 98? Uh, I'm thinking 99. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking early 2000s, late. Yeah, something like that. But uh, it was one of those shows. It was the the way that their production and the sound and just. Everything about that show hit me so hard. It was one of those shows, and I love this when it happens. When you go to a show and then you just can't stop thinking about it for like three days, <laughs> that it, that was it was one of those type of shows. Yeah. And and uh, and when I was when I was younger, I I had a similar experience when uh, I I got to see the legendary Robin Trower. Ah, oh, okay. In, in his heyday. And, All right. And and. and I hope I didn't just lose some people in the audience just now because if you don't know who that is, but we're going away. He's the original guitarist for Procol Harum. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, man, when and I'm talking like, you know, Robin Trower live, you know, like after the Bridge of Sighs album. And, you know, at, at that time, he was an arena act. Yeah. And he um, never was over here. Oh, okay. In Germany, no, that never happened. But, you know, fans would know the name. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So, And and he was opening, when I saw him in L.A. Coliseum, yeah. he was opening for Jethro Tull. And Jethro Tull did something that I've, to this day, I've never seen a band pull off the way they did it. What did they do? In between the, the set change from Robin Trower to Jethro Tull. Yeah. The the crew guys were all like kind of came out in these like white jumpsuits, and they were and they were you know taking the stuff off from Robin Trower, yeah. and you know they were resetting up yeah. for Jethro Tall, yeah. and as as they were setting up, you know you you the the music that they were playing in the in the during the changeover, you you started to realize that it, it sounded like Jethro Tall's music, <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, and so. Which I thought was a little odd. Like, wow, why would they? Why would they play yeah. Jethro Tull's music right before they go on? Yeah. And and so it was playing, and and it was going, and they were and they were changing stuff, and and people were moving around, and ev everyone that was coming on and off had these white jumpsuits on, yeah. and and it looked like a normal changeover, yeah. except for one thing, it just turned into the show, <laughs> like the music that you heard was, never stopped. Yeah. And one by one, they just appeared, and it was like it. it there was a no seamless thing. <laughs> I, I, I've just never seen a band do that. And and I believe what happened was the musicians also had those white yeah things, and they yeah. just took them off like as they came out. And one by one, 
they just appeared and there was no introduction. There was no nothing. It just all of a sudden, the same thing you'd been listening to for the last 20 minutes was now the concert. <laughs> and it was completely seamless. And I, I still to this day really don't know how they did that. <laughs> I have no idea. The closest thing I've ever seen coming to this one is when David Bowie hit the stage one time in 96 in a festival in, uh, in, in Europe here in Munich, outside of Munich, actually. It was a big, it was a motley setup. It was with. Biohazard, L7, The Prodigy, David Bowie, all in one day, oh, all, wow. all on one stage. So it was as diverse as it can be. Sure. And so there was same stuff. It was changeover, and guys were were like doing their stuff on stage and like putting things away, putting things on. Out comes David Bowie with the lights on, you know, with the, the stage lights still on, white suit, acoustic guitar, and those guys were still working around him. He starts playing Major Tom. You go nuts. Wow! <laughs> he's, he's going like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it's unexpected. You that, know? That's like, so cool. Something like that. Fuck? I, got, I got a funny uh, Wendy O. Williams story for you. Oh yeah, I think I think for I think nowadays you pretty much have to explain who Wendy O. Williams is or was actually. Okay, well, because because it, she's probably she's cult. But for people our age, <laughs> I guess you know, because it's how long has she is she what is she dead? Has she been dead? Oh man, I'm at least at least fifteen fifteen years. years? Yeah. yeah, I would say the Something same. Like that. Yeah, so that. she but was a proto punk type bitch queen. She was she was like what Doro is to to metal <laughs> yeah, to metal. Yeah, what she was the queen of punk rock. And and porn, and did you do porn? I hope so. God, <laughs> I just hope so. You Thomas. need to find those, those old VHS <laughs> tapes and see what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, she was you know she was the punk goddess. Uh, she was tough. She was tall. She was built. She had a great figure. And the, plas- had- the Plasmatics. That was the name yeah. of her band, right? Uh, Wendy O. Williams and the Plasmatics. And the Plasmatics, right, exactly. And, and they were this, uh, it, was, it was funny. We, we had went to see Van Halen yeah. on the Women and Children's First Tour. <laughs> well, and- I'm, I'm going to punch you right in the face right now for saying that. I mean, I've never seen Van Halen live. Oh. They only came over like once. Really? It was with Sammy Hager in the mid-90s. And I was living in the States at that, at that time, so I... I, I Never saw him. I never saw Van Halen. Van Halen didn't tour here in the heyday? No. Oh, man. I'm surprised. That's, that really surprises that me. That was... I don't know what happened and, and why it happened, but it didn't happen. I think they might have played like a Monsters of Rock in England or something. Castle they, Donington. They did, they did a Monsters of Rock. Not a, yeah. That was in 84. They, that's when they came over here, too. But I was too young to go there. Oh, that hurt. Uh, that personally hurt, Thomas. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the sting in my, <laughs> in my heart now. But, but anyway, anyway, you saw Van Halen and then... Yeah, it, it was incredible. It was one night where we were going to Van Halen from like 8 to 11. And then there was a late show at the Longshoreman's Hall in San Francisco, mm-hmm. Wendy O and the Plasmatics Late Show. And I can't really remember if they made it a late show because of the Van Halen concert. I don't, oh, I don't think I, so. I, I don't think so because huh. they were so different audiences. Yeah. But normally, I just remember it was kind of odd that there was this late show because yeah. usually, you know, in the industry, they're, you know, but stuff's man, done by 11. Man, if you, you know, in 80, it was 82, you said. I believe so. If it was 82 and you were a metalhead. Women and children first, whatever that was. Anyway, but then wasn't it dangerous for metalheads to go to a punk rock show like in the States? Well, you know, I've always lived on the edge. 
You know, I'm, not, I'm not afraid I, I to should, dance I on that edge. I shouldn't have asked that. I'm, I'm so stupid. Why did I ask that? You know what I'm <laughs> Obviously, this answer comes up. No, but anyway, but still, you know, because I thought like you, you, you get ripped apart. Yeah. You know, I've always been one up for an adventure. And uh, and this was certainly one of them. After the Van Halen show, we went to the Plasmatics and we saw their show. And like, you know, Wendy Williams came out and she's wearing like some little little black hot pants and some boots. And then all she's got on is shaving cream for a top, you know, and it's just and it's just and it's just falling off her everywhere. And it just looks so crazy. And, uh, you know, and she's taking a sledgehammer to some TVs and knocking over some potted plants. There were some plants on there. And, and at one point she was like rolling around in the dirt and then she just had dirt and shaving cream on. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a great show really, you know, gnarly, you know, just a really aggressive, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was just a really fun show, and and then we're like, man, let's let's meet her, man. Let's <laughs> let's, let's try to go back and meet her. So, um, and you I'd know, be actually afraid. I'd shit my pants <laughs> if I met Wendy or Williams. I, I mean, man, yeah, I, you know. I, we didn't know what to think, really. We were just like, man, we're just going to have to, we're just, let's see if it happens, if we can even get a chance to do it. <laughs> so, like, there's some people in line, and, and she wasn't even traveling like a tour, but she had like a mobile home or something that she was traveling around yeah. in. Pretty low key kind of thing, but it was punk rock, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah right. So, we're, we're, in, we're in line, and, uh, and we're waiting for the band to come out, and we notice these two guys, these two assholes, man, just no patience at all, no respect. They go to the trailer, and they're like standing on top of the tire, and they're trying to peek in the window, and like the rest of us in line are just kind of shaking our heads, <laughs> you know, looking at, looking at these numbskulls, like, what are you guys, man? And then all of a sudden, man, the door opens, and one of these guys in the plasmatics, probably about but your size, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, maybe about <laughs> five sorry. foot, maybe about, about about six four, incredibly tall and good looking. Uh, no, uh, he's about he's about five nine, scrawny and ugly, just like me. Um, uh, man, this little guy comes out with like pink a pink mohawk, and I swear to God, still wearing a blue tutu. <laughs> Like it comes out in some leggings wearing a wearing a blue ballerina tutu with this pink mohawk, this skinny little dude comes out, grabs both these guys, just pulls and, and I'm not talking security. I'm this guy's like the bass player or something. Just comes out and grabs these guys, whips them off the tire, just whoops other ass. I mean a couple of really hard swings on both of them. And and the the, the twenty five people, thirty people in line I mean, literally side laughing so hard. <laughs> it was just the funniest scene. This guy, this ballerina you know, with, a, with a mohawk beating up these two guys in front of like 35 people laughing their ass off. <laughs> Man, there's moments like that that just make rock and roll so special. <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. I think uh, with this high note... We end this uh, episode of our uh, Heavy Metal Culture Clash podcast, and uh, I think uh, if uh, everything's going to go all right and uh, uh, Jeff doesn't peek in any windows of any trailers, <laughs> we got to be back, ladies and gentlemen, okay, man. <laughs> real soon for you guys. So uh, take it easy, take it sleazy, and uh, we'll see. We'll say bye to the next time. Until, until, until we meet again. Until we meet again. Keep it heavy. Heavy Metal Culture Clash. Subscribe to our channel for more heavy rock and metal podcasts.